Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Oh, what's going on, everybody? I am not Christian Piles, as I'm sure you could tell. Uh-huh. I'm Kyle Brackey. Uh, Christian is on his way back from uh, his awesome shoot with Darian Caldwell. We'll be playing some clips from that today, but uh, once again, joined by J.D. Raider in studio, Ben Askren in Wisconsin. How are you doing today, Ben? Let's see. I'm doing pretty good. I uh, got, you know, going to work outside after this. Uh, I got some wrestling Chopping trees tonight. Oh, we got to pay taxes today. That's, that's a big one. Oh, you didn't you didn't do your taxes no. yet? Well, you know, they're, they're getting done. They're getting done. <laughs> I think you can just delay them. Yeah, get your extension. Um, I would rather just, like, get it over with, you know? Yeah. I'm a more rip-the-band-aid-off kind of guy. I mean, obviously, I play, paid my estimated. So, you know, I, sh- I should be all good to go, but you get your final, final workout today. I hear you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's start with um, our man, John Kozak. Uh, Ben's favorite. Oh, he's probably mad at me. No, no, you're all good this time. <laughs> uh, but he sent us a tweet, and uh, I want to pull it up here. But uh, it's it's talking about um, it's a local uh, Indian paper talking about um, Vinesh, one of uh, India's top uh, women's uh, freestyle wrestlers. And it's talking to her coach and just about how everything's been in quarantine, and if you think there'll be a uh, a world championships this year and he said quote the competition dates have been announced yes but i think in the current situation rules organizing the event is mission impossible he told wrestling tv also the belgrade arena where the world championships is supposed to be held is still a hospital for covid there's a picture right there sorry if you're just listening to this but if you're watching there's a picture of what we believe to be the arena where Worlds is supposed to be held. Guys, guys, but in all fairness, that is five months away, right? It's December. We're in July. Yeah, five months. I thought it was and, September. Uh, no, they built a few. Uh, no, no, no. The Worlds? That's going to be December now. I mean, it was initially. It's, yeah, December. Now, okay, December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. So Late we're, December, we're five too. Months. And listen, I told you guys, they built a few of those here in Wisconsin, and not one person ever entered them, to my knowledge. Um so yeah, and obviously India's hitting. India's getting hit pretty bad with the coronavirus as well. Um, I don't know how their lockdown situation is or how strict it is, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys could talk about stuff. Stuff feels like it's getting worse every day with uh, the fall season. I know uh, I saw we said Patriot League, and you guys maybe mentioned the PSAC maybe is getting moved also. 
I did not see that, but it, it wouldn't surprise okay. me. Yeah, um, to the, so that would affect like Clarion and Lockhaven. Yep, all those schools. Yeah, so uh, that, it's not positive. To to your point, Ben, it, it looks like, um, according to the city's deputy mayor, Belgrade city deputy mayor, uh, the makeshift hospital. Uh, in a sports hall in the Serbian capital, Belgrade is a precautionary measure as hospitals in the capital are reaching their capacity because of the coronavirus yes. outbreak. Yeah, Serbia, the country as a whole, is doing the whole, in terms of new cases, the U-shape where they spiked up high in April, went back down, and now they're going back up. So, like you said, this is still many months away, but big events like this take preparation. You can't just, like, have it be a hospital one day and then be like, but we're going to be good and hop into it. It takes time and preparation to put on an event like the World Championships. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I had, and I don't recall what the number was that you guys discussed when we, we talked about this last week, Bracky, but you know, there was something like uh, 80% of the nations have to, I think it was 80% of the top 10 have to confirm that they want to attend the World Championships in order to hold it. And if that's not the yeah. if that's if they don't, then that's tough for me. That takes three people saying we out, we're out. Right, that takes three three teams, and that's it. And that doesn't feel like a lot. Yeah, I I don't see a lot of teams or a lot of countries pulling the trigger on this. Um, yeah, it just doesn't. I'm reading about sorry, I'm reading about what Serbia did to kind of handle everything at the start of things. It says the country went from having some of Europe's toughest lockdown measures to near complete reopening at the beginning of May. Soccer and tennis matches were played in front of yep. packed stands, resulting in several players testing positive. That seems not smart. To It was probably well, okay to bring sports back, but in front of packed stands. Which Eastern European country didn't, didn't even close down? I don't know. Um, it was Sweden or Switzerland, I think. No, okay, no, no. Those are, that's a Scandinavian. And I, Sweden did not close down, I believe. But there's <laughs> another one. What you like, I'm a geography major. I'm a nerd. I know. I know. I'm I'm laughing uh, at you, clown. JD. <laughs> not, not Eastern European, bro. Come on. JD, toss out a European country <laughs> that didn't lock oh, down. My, my bad. I'm thinking. I'm thinking like Hungary or Romania. One of those ones over there, Bulgaria. I don't. I'm blanking on which one it was right now. But one of them, they, they did not shut down and they kept soccer matches and everything going and. You know that they had a medium outbreak, but it wasn't really terrible. That's, I mean, obviously, I don't want. I, I tweeted this last night. Um, you know that I'm not smart enough to, to tell her everyone's pretty. You know, my prediction on Corona or someone my opinion, dude. It's like I, you know, I try to have good pattern recognition, like what's working, what's not. And as you study all these things around the world, you know, there's some of these countries that went to full complete lockdown. There's some that went to no lockdown. There's some that went to partial. It's like it doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. You know, yeah. it's like a few of these countries didn't lock down at all. And they had reasonable results. Some didn't, and they're terrible. You know, Japan and New Zealand locked down totally completely, and they had great results, right? It's like it feels like it's just a spectrum across the board. And then even within states within the United States, you know, like California stayed locked down, and they're having an insane case spike, whereas Texas and Florida opened up. They're also having an insane case spike. So being open or being closed didn't really affect those three things, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, those three states having different outcomes. Um, so, yeah, that, it's kind of like – like it makes my head hurt. I know, I know. Uh, I I guess on the good news side of things, um, the AP reported yesterday the first vaccine test in the U.S. for the coronavirus boosted volunteers' immune systems as hope. Uh, the final study starts this month, so hopefully that keeps going in the right direction. 
I saw Trump tweet about that also. Oh, gosh. I can only imagine oh, what so- he said. He said, great, great news on vaccines or something simple. Actually. Oh, okay. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so he we... only says mostly inflammatory stuff, not all inflammatory. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we talked about uh, Stanford for a good bit last week, um, the loss of a D1 program. Uh, but today, the it's not new news. This was news four years ago when when they started a wrestling program but Bellarmine um I honestly forgot about them because <laughs> you have a four-year transition period that's uh, so crazy right w- yeah when you're moving up um but that is now complete so Bellarmine in Louisville will be moving up to D1 they were D2 last year and they announced they're joining the SoCon um so it's nice to see the SoCon get a new team their first well, couple years what what uh what uh what's the other college in South Carolina and what conference are they joining? Limestone. So far, no. You're talking about Presbyterian. No, the one. Yes. What conference did they join? They were in the SoCon. SoCon also. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I think they're like a full member of the SoCon. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I could be oh, wrong wow. about that, and I could be saying really stupid stuff, but. Um, okay. SoCon coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And. Th- they showed nice progress for um, a D2 team. That uh, When you start a program from scratch, it's really hard to kind of get the wheels moving. But they showed progress their first two years. They won like four duels total. Then last year they won 15. They qualified two guys for nationals. They got invited to the NWCA national duels, which, correct me if I'm wrong, J.D., that goes to like the upper echelon of D2 teams, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not like the top, only the top eight or whatever. But, yeah, the bottom – programs so showing progress um it, which you always want to see and and I, it's always nice to have a new program join the mix um it's a pretty small private catholic school in louisville but obviously they've been able to get some good wrestlers in there and and hope that continues nice yeah that's awesome and um, that is starting it. this upcoming season, yeah yeah hopefully. yeah starting this season they're yes. in, they're in the socon and ready to rock and roll speaking Oop. of socon we ne- we ne- they never um, – the Citadel hasn't announced a new coach yet. I just realized that or thought of that. Well, it's been uh, – it hasn't been all that long, what, three weeks or so? Yeah, usually, I guess, with everything going on, thing, the coaching search has probably slowed down a little bit with travel restrictions yeah. and everything. But, uh, yeah, usually it's kind of resolved by now. Hmm. So, uh, actually, you know, we're not going to <laughs> – technically, we're not going to lose any Division One programs because we're adding Bellarmine – um and presbyterian although we're losing uh stanford and well we had presbyterian uh, last year oh oh really yeah yeah oh, that was one was more just, year until they're official it was a tough scene to be honest uh as we mentioned it's very tough to to start a program um and they did not qualify for anyone for nationals but i mean neither, neither did little rock in their first year so it's it's really tough to start from the ground up especially in that first year yeah Hmm. Um, okay. Well, I know we got Luke Pletcher coming on here in a few minutes. What else do you want to talk about before he gets here? Uh, maybe just hit on this real quick. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you saw him on Monday evening, and I kind of meant to hit on it yesterday. And we had a FRL question about it. But Jenna Burkett, uh, two-time world team member, she's been on the past two years. Uh, you can see we'll pull up her tweet here. Um, but she's joining the Southeast RTC, and she did clarify she'll still be part of. Uh, the Army WCAP program, 
Um, yeah. So she'll be kind of splitting her time there and in Blacksburg. Um, but I, the summer of freestyle or uh, freestyle free agency moves continues, and it's, it's been a, crazy. Yeah, yeah. The S- well, hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but but with the WCAP program, I know some of those guys were. Um, we're training at Penn, at Penn State. Some of them, obviously, like the Greco team was in um, Colorado Springs. Are you obligated to be in a specific location? No, the um, WCAP is actually, they're pretty good about encouraging their athletes to go and find the best training situation for them while still supporting them. I know a lot of WCAP athletes have talked about that. Like Ellis Coleman just uh, last year, I think, went to Illinois as well. Uh, and they've had other moves too. So, and they've all yeah. always been very vocal about. It. it would be interesting to see, you know, if you're a WCAP athlete, like if their pay gets changed from being full time WCAP, you know, in Colorado Springs to yeah. splitting time with a different training center, you know, I would be interested. The WCAP that. always seemed like a good deal to me if I was to be a wrestler. It's a great deal. I, I, not, mm-hmm. The other thing you got me wondering is, can they get paid from WCAP and say Southeast RPC? Yeah. You know, if they're, uh, you I know, don't know. that would be. Then you get to double up. Fantastic, I, right? I would imagine she probably is. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, hmm. re- real quick, we, we we got Luke on the line. We'll jump to him in a second. But uh, Cody Cleveland, coach at uh, the Citadel, just clarified that uh, Bellarmine still is a four-year postseason transition. So they're just in the SOCON, and we'll do duels with SOCON, but not eligible that's, for postseason until 2024, so 2025. That's the same as California Baptist, who is still <laughs> so in their annoying. transitional period. And they're approaching the end of theirs, though, I think. 2022, I think? Yeah. Um, so they get to do everything, and I think like they compete at like the National Collegiate Open or mm-hmm. whatever instead of the Division One National Championships for four years, which always seemed weird to me. When you go from like a division two to a division one, like I kind of understand it maybe for division one to two, uh, but it always seems strange to me that you would somewhat punish a school for jumping up, yeah, into a division. Yeah, and it's such four years is so freaking long. That's so it's long. Too, the whole recruiting class. Yeah, that's too yeah, long. Like how how can you recruit? good solid recruits when you're trying to go up and get better recruits and say but you're not going to be able to compete at nationals for yeah basically for your whole years. career if it's four years why would you want to do that yeah all right good stuff there at the opening but now let's welcome on our guest is three-time all-american luke pletcher what's going on luke yeah what's up what's up what's up guys how are you oh my good it was a beautiful day in pittsburgh <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful out here. <laughs> you're you're up, up playing disc golf at Shenley Park, aren't you? <laughs> no, uh, I'm actually back at my home in Lake Trobe, but I, I, I haven't uh, played there yet, so I'm excited. Okay, all right. Um, I see you got a. Hey, cool, I got, you got a, You're big into it, huh? You got a big course I'm at building, your house and stuff. Yeah, yep, building it out. We got 22 <laughs> of 23 holes done. It's it's happening. Um, hey, let me start with this because. Every Pittsburgh guy I've ever known in my entire life has this loving sentiment towards Pittsburgh. How happy are you to be back in Pittsburgh? I'm pretty happy about it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's home for me, so it's, it's a yeah. pretty awesome opportunity to be back in, you know, in the city of steel. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Kyle, well, go well, ahead. Uh, let's just start at the beginning. 
how how you got on this card and and you know you were supposed to be facing Anthony Ashnault. Um, so kind of walk us through your thought process when you hear that uh, Ashnault won't be able to compete. Well, oh, he lose me. He broke up. Do you hear yeah. us, Luke? So I got on the I got on the card. I don't even know how it started really. Um You guys uh -oh. hear me? Yeah, we yeah, got you. I Luke. can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> we got you. Can you hear me? Yes. You guys hear me? You got me? You got me? Yeah, we got you. Yeah. You can hear me. Um so yeah, I don't really know how this did. Um and so I got, I guess I got a, I, I, Matt, Matt Bullsby. I'm not sure who he is. I never met the guy. Do you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. we're good. You good? You good? Okay, so, um, yeah, we got got a text from him in early, like probably, uh, I would say it was April. So just kind of worked, was working with him and trying to get a match. And it started with uh, Seth Gross for a while. That didn't go through, um, and then he just asked me if I wanted to wrestle Ashnault. I was like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." And we we started planning for that, and then you know about a week ago, he got hurt, and I talked to him, and it's something something happened that was just kind of precautionary. If he kept wrestling, it could could have gotten worse. So um, he didn't want he couldn't wrestle. So you know that was kind of unfortunate because I was really looking forward to wrestling him, um, someone that I think is is up there on the on the senior level for for the u.s and i wanted to get my hands on him and see where i was and um yeah i think anytime i get to wrestle somebody like that it uh it benefits me so you know i was a little i was a little upset about not getting to wrestle him but um i'm, I'm looking forward to wrestle darian as someone that you know it, it always brings a lot of different things to the wrestling match so it'll be it'll definitely be a lot of fun and a good test so, uh, Luke, I guess what you just don't care about taking on these bigger guys because I got to assume that you're going to compete at 66 kilograms for freestyle. Obviously, Ashnall has been up at 70. You know, Luger wrestled 49, and he looked significantly bigger in the last match you did. Is it just uh, at this point you'll wrestle whoever you try to get matches, or um, is there a certain reason you're picking bigger guys? Uh, and then, can you confirm that you'll be at 66 moving forward? Yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be at sixty five kilos moving forward. Um, five and yeah. no, I mean, yeah, I I didn't know, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't really care about what people weighed at first. You know, I mean, we're just we're not really doing anything. These matches have no real significance. Um, yep. I mean, obviously they're wrestling matches, and I want to win, but I mean, what the heck? Might as well go out there and scrap and. You know, I wrestle. Yep. I wrestle bigger guys in the room, and I wrestle. I wrestle big people all the time. So, I mean, why why wouldn't I go out there and get a chance to compete and earn some money? And you know, this is yep. what this is what we're yep. supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be wrestling. So, why not wrestle everybody? Absolutely. I like. Can, can I would. Can everyone? Can you like? Uh, <laughs> can you just cut that out and just send that to everybody? Because yes, you know, like you, you said. You said Bullsby contact you in April, and you're not kidding. And you know, most people don't know how much how difficult it was to put a card together. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. kind of on the outside looking in also, but I know these guys at Flow, they were trying for quite a while. So it's so refreshing to hear someone yeah. say, well, yeah, I'm supposed to wrestle. Yeah, that's what me and him were talking about it. 
I think it, I mean, it might have been it might have been early April. And he's like t- telling me how difficult it is to put this car together. And he's like, like we were just saying, like, I don't know how how people can say no to money to go out and wrestle for six minutes. Like what? Yeah, how, I don't I understand how somebody could say no to that. Like we've been, I've been doing this for 19 years and now if someone finally wants to give me some money to do it. Like what? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. How am I going to say no? Amen. Yeah. And to echo your point, we wanted, we wanted this card to happen like in May. Like we, yeah. we we've been it trying. Planned, it was planned for what? May 29th or something yes. like that? Yes. 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 Yeah. We've been trying to make this happen. It, it is insane to me uh, how, how how tough it's been to happen. And we've talked about that a lot in FRL, which kind of brings to my next point. When we announced that astronaut was out, we just kind of put it out there on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And then everybody and their brother wanted to volunteer to wrestle. Were you, were you surprised yeah. to see that kind of response? Yes, that was wild. A little bit. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised because like, like we were just talking about people were like, people are so picky about what we're doing, what weight are we doing, what weight, or when are we going to weigh in, How what's the competition going to be like. But, like, now all of a sudden everybody wants to do it and it doesn't matter what's going on. So it was, it was kind of surprising to me because of how difficult it's been to get matchups. Yeah. That was, what was, uh, that was fascinating, though. That was fascinating, Kyle, how many people actually wanted to wrestle Luke when, you know, when it came out um, that Anthony was out of there. That was wild. That bird is – that bird's coming after you, Luke. That thing is loud. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you hear it? Yeah. You got like, it's like hummingbirds whizzing by me. I was sitting out here. Um. Uh. Yeah, and and when we put out the downy was out, everyone wanted to volunteer for that. So it's interesting how it, how it works. Um. But what was your initial reaction when uh, Bullsby brought uh, Darian Caldwell to you? I, was just, I mean, I was in for it. Um, obviously, he's someone that I've I've watched in the past. Um, it's kind of been obviously it's been a while since I've been able to watch him wrestle, and yeah. I didn't really I didn't really know him too much outside of the you know the Metcalf match. To be honest with you, I was I was yeah. young whenever that happened. Whenever he was big on the in the wrestling scene, so I didn't know I don't really know too much about him. Um, but I just knew he was a big name, and I've I've known he's I know he's done some some good things in wrestling. So it was just a pretty sweet opportunity to wrestle somebody that I probably will never be able to wrestle again. How uh, how old were you when that when that Metcalf match happened? Do you know? That was what two thousand nine. 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 Yeah. Oh my God. So that's what eleven. So I was twelve. <laughs> wow. I love these yeah, intergenerational yeah. matches. This is so fantastic. Yeah, it's wild. Like, weird, who would have ever thought, you know, Luke Pletcher and Darren mm-hmm. Caldwell? <laughs> yeah. What NCAs was that? Was that St. Louis or where was that one? 2009 at the Scott St. Trade Louis. Center. St. Louis. Yeah, Scott Trade Center. Mm-hmm. Did you go, Luke? Did you ever go to NCAs before you were uh, in college? Never. No, never went. Uh, we we had plans to go to the one in Philly, but yep, at that time that was- it was just. When we were like looking at tickets, tickets and looking at the prices, my dad was like, "No, we're not doing that." Uh, so we just, I just would, I talked to my teachers in high school. I was like, "Hey, the NCAs are on. I'm gonna be in the back and I'm gonna be watching all the matches." So uh, should probably just. Leave and they said yes. A bit if you could. They said no problem. Uh, I, 
a couple of them. Me, a couple of me and my buddy, wow. uh, Ethan Stats, who was also on the wrestling team. A couple of the teachers let us slide. So That's we got awesome. a couple of good sessions in. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, uh, producer Tyler, uh, Luke, we're going to play a clip here. If Tyler, if you could pull up uh, number five, you should be able to uh, see and hear this. Um, number five, Tyler. Um, but it, yeah. it's funny. You kind of mentioned uh, not really knowing uh, that much about, about Darian. And uh, he kind of echoed the same kind of things about you. And I, I just wanted to uh, get your reaction to what to what he said. Um, I'm still not like I see this, this thing going. Like I said, six minutes is not no. 25 minutes. I see this thing going about two minutes. I give him two minutes before I, I pin him. <laughs> so that wasn't the clip I, I was hoping for, but you can go ahead. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we what were going to get to that one eventually, but uh, two minutes, Darian says. What do you two think? Two minutes. I really – well, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm not really surprised that he would say that, but um, <laughs> I think I think he is going to come out swinging for a minute and a half, and I don't I don't know how much more he's going to have after that because I think there's a different there's a different level of um, cardio in wrestling, and I've I've watched I've I've sparred around with some people that are in the MMA world, and I don't I don't think that he'll be able to to stand too much more after two maybe maybe three minutes if if we if we get if we get past three minutes i don't know if he'll be able to if he'll be able to keep up guys speaking of two minutes made me think of this have you luke did you ever watch his match in the nca quarters with ryan lang no i haven't so this would have been 2007 so you'd been like nine or ten <laughs> dude you gotta go watch it's on youtube i just clicked uh, I, just, I just typed it in and make sure it's on youtube it's effing. It's, it is the greatest two minutes in NCAA wrestling history. They put each other on their back about four times each, and then eventually he gets pinned by Ryan Lang. It's really outstanding. <laughs> so that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm expecting him to come into this match with that kind of mentality. How do you? Yeah. you how do you prepare Ricky, for a match like this with with a guy who the last time he wrestled was he just kind of half heartedly entered Midlands. In 2013, like that was the last time you stepped on a match. So, kind do you just go back and watch the old college matches? Do you not watch film at all, or just do you, do you expect him to throw the kitchen sink at you? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to go back and watch somebody's film from 10 years ago. So, yeah, I mean, is. it's not like I'm, I'm not, I'm really not going to do that, and I'm kind of just going to expect him to come out and throw basically everything he has. Um, well, it was kind of his so MO. I think I'm, I'm, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not you know, too many people exactly, were coming I mean, out headlocking Brett so, Metcalf in the first period. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was going to kind of come out and expect that, and I'm going to try to get my hands on him for the first, you know, minute and see where he's at. And I think I think I'll be okay. I'm 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 pretty confident in what's gonna what's gonna happen, and I'm I'm just I'm like really excited to see how he is. It's been yeah, a while. This is, I agree. So I know you said you're back in Latrobe now, which isn't too far from Pittsburgh. What's a what's your training situation like right now? Are you able to get on campus? No, we can't get on campus. Um, they're actually they actually just brought back the student athletes uh, yesterday, I think it was, and they have them in a two week quarantine. So they're like doing testing and seeing, you know, hopefully no positive tests, and we can get up and running after these two weeks are up. 
but personally I've been able to get some really good training. Um, it's kind of a blessing being in Western Pennsylvania. There's people all over the place. So I've been, I've been working out with, uh, Mickey Phillippe. The other day I wrestled with Hayden Hidley. Uh, Evan Henderson's been around, been wrestling with him. Um, working out with Nico Megalutis tomorrow. So, I mean, I've been having, I've been having good training partners. That's awesome. It's, it's just the luxury of being back in Western Pennsylvania in a time like this. Dude, uh, you really got to watch this match. I'm watching this match. <laughs> it, it's so fantastic. Luke, I tell you, give me two minutes of your day. I will listen. You will realize that I'm not going to disappoint you. After you watch this match, you're like, wow, that was a lot of fun. Caldwell had a couple Probably, of those yeah. matches. I'll, I'll, I'll His semifinals sure with uh, Jenkins was crazy too in 2008. Mm. Yeah, that was. That I was think wild. that one's on YouTube too. If you go and search that one, so I th- that was fun. I, I might just have I to think... watch his matches for entertainment. Yeah, they it's really are awesome. Yeah, there's good wrestling yeah. matches uh, to watch as someone who enjoys wrestling. So I think Tyler had the right clip pulled up number five here. So this is when uh, Darian was talking about just like figuring out who you were, and I thought it was interesting. You you talked about getting your hands on him. I'm go ahead and play this clip. Uh, you know, did you know who Luke Pletcher was before this? Before this whole thing came mm. up, no. Nah, uh, but uh, as soon as I, I seen a, I seen a video of him wrestling, I'm like, yeah, this this kid's legit, you know. So uh, I thought I thought it'd be a great opportunity, you know. I I I I, I, I actually looked him up before uh, you guys uh, agreed. I, I'm like, who's this kid? Oh shit! Okay, let me let me let me try this out, you know. Uh-huh. Let me try this. He's he's a tank, man. He's He's explosive, athletic, and so uh, he's uh, a he's he's that that big ten style wrestler. You know, you don't want to let him touch you. <laughs> what are your initial <laughs> thoughts on that? He seems like a character. Um, <laughs> he seems. I don't know. I've never I've never met him, so I don't know. I'm I'm actually just kind of looking forward to talking to him and um, picking his brain a little bit. But, you know, obviously I didn't think he would know who I was um, if he says he wasn't in the re- like in the wrestling loop. But I, that, that is kind of funny that he says he didn't want doesn't want me to get my, you know, touch him. Yeah. But, you know, that's obviously going to be my plan. He's he's a kind of <laughs> he's a long guy. And I think he's going to probably want to keep from space and try to try to use his length to his his <clears throat> his advantage but yeah i'm gonna i'm trying i'm gonna get my hands on him quickly yeah i see how darian's gonna be able to stay on the outside and and obviously if and you know if he is trying to stay on the outside that, that's an exhausting game to play right if you're moving if, so, if someone's moving forward and pursuing you the backing and attacking that's, yeah uh you know it, it gets exhausting after a, a fairly short period of time mm-hmm. yeah yep um what about the fact that uh, you know th- you have not done a whole bunch of freestyle, and I don't think Darian has also. Do you think that's going to play uh, a role in the match at all, or no? Or are you going to just uh, take down? I'm gonna. I'm actually going to try to turn if I get when I okay. get on top. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. Tr- I'm gonna try to turn. I haven't been successful for a long time in an actual match. Um, I think maybe the last two times I went to the U23 trials, I think I might have got one turn, if maybe not mm-hmm. even any turns. 
I usually, I usually <laughs> like if I didn't get a good lock, I would like try for a little bit, and I was like, ah, I might as well just like save my energy because I know I'm not gonna get it. But I've been putting a lot of time into it recently, just you know, trying to focus a little bit more on the technique, and been able to, you know, talk to the people that I've been wrestling with and ask them questions and kind of, you know, now this is this is what I'm doing full time, so I better figure out the little, mm-hmm. the little things about it. So. Yeah, Luke, this is a question from. It's actually about your folk style. Chris came in from Pat Hitchler. If McKenna does not transfer and Thomasella doesn't go back down to 125, how does Luke feel he would have done if he had spent all four years at 141? It's hmm. a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. the my sophomore year, I would have been at 133 no matter what. Um, whether McKenna came in. Um, I think me and Nate would have both done that that um, that drop together, where he would have been at 125 and I would have been at 133 no matter what. Um, at that point, I felt like 133 is where I needed to be, um, whether that was right or wrong. At that point, I think that was where I needed to be, and that's where I needed to be for the team. That was that was our really that was our really good year as a team, and I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if if Joe if McKenna wouldn't have been at forty one, Keyshawn Hayes would have been there. He wouldn't have been up at fifty seven. So I think no matter no matter what happened, I'd have been at uh, one thirty three that year. And I don't I don't know if lo- looking back if that would have changed anything. Me being at forty one. Um, did Did you grow? Because I remember thinking when when you were forty one the first year, I thought, well, he kind of looks small for that. And then when you were at thirty three, I'm like, okay, thirty three looks good size. But then at 41 this year, you looked, you know, I feel like relatively big for the weight class. So did, did you actually grow during college? Um, believe it or not, I actually think I grew an inch. Um, I <laughs> no, think you can get I, bigger muscles too, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I, def, I definitely, I definitely got stronger and I put on some, I put on some muscle mass and, uh, yeah, it, it's, I think it was just like me finally like lifting consistently. I always lifted even mm-hmm. in high school I lifted but I would, I would take breaks from it. But after yeah. my sophomore year I, I started lifting a lot more consistently, a lot a lot heavier and I kind of just got on that I got, I got mature plan. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I I, fig- I figured out I figured out that it was I needed to do things differently and I was becoming a little bit mature and a little bit more of a professional with how I handled things. Nice. So you didn't uh, sell your soul in exchange for living up. That's another question we got about this one was from Cooper Wills. Luke seemed to be much more dominant this season. What was the difference from this season than the previous four? And when did the devil approach him about selling his soul in exchange for leveling up? <laughs> that's a crazy question uh no i didn't sell my soul surprisingly but uh yeah i, I don't know what happened i just started practicing a lot harder and things kind of started going my way nice <laughs> that's funny well um right. you guys got anything else for luke i got nothing else i'm excited for him and darian watch that two minutes and listen you know luke maybe, maybe the challenge would be you and Darren do more action in two minutes than Darren and Ryan Lane did, because <laughs> uh, that's something I don't know that you can beat that output. But we'll see. How many? How many? Po- how many points did they put up in two minutes? 
Uh, I want to say it was like 17 or something. It was it was Ooh. a lot, a very high number. <laughs> That's gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, it was something That's be really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was cool. pre four cool. back points too. Yeah. That was pre four. Yeah, correct. Yep. Oh wow. So. <laughs> Well, okay. I know. We'll I know. Having that. listened to the the Darian stuff, it, he really wants this to be fun and to put on a show. He's a showman, as I think you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I I know he's yeah. just looking forward to going out and, and competing. Yeah, Tyler. Show. Actually, we have another clip. Um, clip number oh. four from it. It's just uh, him talking about this. Doesn't wasn't even necessarily about you, Luke. It was just about him talking about like kind of his sports idols growing up and how those developed. If you want to go ahead and play this, Tyler, it's kind of cool. I really believe in showmanship, you know, watching guys like Deion Sanders coming up, you know, Michael Irvins, you know, Randy Mosses. These are guys that really just made me who I am, you know, in terms of, you know, that showmanship, you know, and um, not a lot of, to be able to bring that to the, to the wrestling world, you know, is was important, you know, to be able to bring some soul to the wrestling world, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, wrestling is a is a sport where you want to you want to keep your head down and push forward, you know. Um, it's, it teaches a lot of uh, um, discipline for one, you know, a lot of humility for two. So you can see he cares quite a bit about putting on a show and being exciting. So let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah, let's put on a show. I'm going to be there. I'm there for I'm there I think a little bit more business than than show but <laughs> I think we're going to we're going to I think I think we're going to mix it up. So I'm excited for it. By the way, there was 13 points on the board, but if Caldwell had gotten off his Never. back, Lang would have gotten three more to make it 16. Yeah. So 14 I was close. or 13. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be tough. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, Luke, thank you for taking the time. I know you did double duty. You did beta show yesterday, FRL today. Appreciate the time. And uh, yeah. we'll see you down here in Austin in a few weeks. Sounds good. I'll see you there. All right. See Peace. you, man. Um, see you. Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, it's only eight days, bro. Uh, listen, I got a. Uh, uh, I got my ticket for July 23rd. I think a lot of those guys are coming in July 22nd. Dude, we're getting close. This is true. I guess I didn't. I, I said a couple weeks there. We're I getting close. Just... How awesome is this? <laughs> I know. It's pretty awesome. There, there's going to be uh, real live wrestling, in, uh, and we're going to be there in person. We don't even have to watch it on yeah. a computer screen or anything. We're going to see it in person. Um. Hey, are we doing the um... – the social distancing at the tables for the announcing, because I think that's kind of ridiculous, but, you know, if you guys want to do it, we'll do it. I don't know. I, th- I think that's in our plan right now, but the thing is, is that all of us Flow Wrestling employees have been uh, around each other. Yeah. For Well, that's since, what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah, I feel 14. like it's virtue signaling with the UFC because it's like, you know, they have their announcing tables that are six weeks apart or six feet apart. But then I'm looking at Instagram, and you know the announcers are, uh, you know, they got their arms around each other. It's like, well, yeah. But they got their arms around each other. Why do they need to be six feet apart? Like, just put them next to each other. Who cares? And, and they've all been tested multiple times. On top of that, right? And we're gonna have a health health uh, care person there 
screening all of us and we get screened every day when we come into the office we have a do you really yeah we have a nurse here that takes our temperature and and make sure we're, we're all doing good we she doesn't let you in the door if you don't if you don't uh Cor- check with her yeah correct well we she doesn't get here till a little bit later so we're already in but then but literally then as soon as we down. get yeah as soon as we get done with frl we gotta go see her or else she'll hunt us down really wow okay. yeah interesting it's pretty wild stuff, um, but it's 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 to make sure we can do events like this safely and everything. So yeah, what do you think got? What do you think got uh, Dan Caldwell all fired? Fired the rest? Did he's just bored because there's no fighting? Because he, um, you know, obviously it's been like I said, it's been eight years or whatever. Um, you know, he's been very active in mixed martial arts. He's got eighteen fights, um, but yeah, I, mean, I feel I feel like this kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit. So he actually talked about that a little bit in his interview with Christian, which, by the way, that's up on the site. It's awesome. It's 30 minutes long. There's a bunch of good stuff in there, some stuff we can even get into on today's show. But he didn't say exactly why now uh, or like I don't even know how this really came about if somehow we reached out to him or if he came to us. But he said he had a really bitter taste in his mouth about how – his wrestling career ended, you know, filled with like kind of a disappointing last NCA season. It was filled with injuries. He didn't feel like he was one even close to 100% of himself, both his last college season and those couple of years that he competed on the international scene and just thought he left a lot on the table. And I think probably with him not being able to fight right now either. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get some competition, make a little money, and it was yeah. so it was just kind of a perfect colliding of worlds there. Yeah. Yeah, cuz he's been pretty active. He's fought, you know, he fought uh I'm looking at his fighting record. He's fought, you know, three times. He only fought one time in 17, but he fought three times in 16, three times in 18, two times in 19. January of 2020. So, you know, he's been he's been really active, but yeah, so it's nice to see him back, but I always um I, I mean, I'll just say I love Dan Cole, but I'm more skeptical of these guys who take big, big breaks and then come back to competing. Um, you know, and I feel like obviously I did a little bit of competing. I wrestled in 2010 against Herbert at Midlands. Um, I wrestled with Quentin Wright. I think that was 2012 or 2013. And then a couple years later, I wrestled Clayton Foster. And yeah, I mean, wrestling training is different than MMA. It's way different. And then the other thing is just like um, – having access to guys good enough to to like uh simulate who you're gonna wrestle like for me to have someone i don't really have any access to someone on an everyday basis in the room that's as good as quentin Wright or clayton foster do you know what i'm saying or jake yeah. i don't yeah. have access to those type of things and so uh yeah i mean that makes it difficult i can't assume that darren caldwell has access to uh, very many guys who are as good as Luke Fletcher is. He did say that kind of layoff from wrestling training allowed uh, nagging injuries that he had that he thought were because like a shoulder. He had uh, yeah. a really bad shoulder, and he said, you know, not getting in those hard wrestling positions every day kind of and training more fighting kind of allowed those those injuries to heal a little bit. So, Yeah. Well, I, 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 ho- I hope he looks good because obviously – Prime Darren Caldwell was, you know, fantastic in 2009. He There's also obviously... said um, in that interview, uh, 2009, Darren Caldwell would have beat 
if he was 100% healthy. It was 2010. 2010. Yeah, 2010. Right, that was the year? Yeah, it was 2010 the year they were in the same bracket. Yeah, 2010. He would have beat Kyle Oh, uh, I wish. I wish. That would have been so awesome to see that No, match. wait. I think it's 2011, actually. No, it was 2010, I think, because he beat, he beat Metcalf in 2009, right? Yeah, yeah but then Metcalf remember he hurt his shoulder. Oh, and he redshirted or something. Yeah, he missed mm-hmm. an entire year. It was 2011. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was in the you're bracket. Right, you're he right, was, right. Yes. Uh, yeah, he said, he said Kyle, Digg, Kyle Digg wouldn't be effing with me. <laughs> really? He didn't say effing, though. He did not say effing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... In retrospect, that seems kind of crazy knowing what we know about Kyle Dake. But at the time, at the time, Darren was the one seed. And Kyle Dake was the four seed. And he had just lost to, LaValle. oh, my gosh, the Buck, Bucknell kid, Kevin LaValle yeah. um, at EIWAs. So, like, yeah, uh, there were a lot of people who thought that Kyle Dake may be able to beat Darren Hollow, But it wasn't like, oh, yeah, Kyle Dake's going to beat him easy. No, yeah. And That's I- not how it went down. No, for sure, and I, I don't think he would have beat him easy. I I would I would have picked Dake in that match. I, I'm actually working on um, kind of like a timeline of Dake and Chimizo since 2010, like what they were doing each year and how they got to where they are now. And so I was looking at Kyle Dake's 2011 run, and even though yeah. he was a four seed, he was so dominant that tournament. He outscored yes. everyone 32 to one. The one point was to Molinero in the finals, who of course he rode for six minutes. Yes. But uh, so obviously he didn't have to face the one seed because Caldwell lost really yeah, yeah. early on. I mean, so, th- so there's that part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then who was the five in that? I'm going to look it up now. It was Jamal Parks. Yeah. And Jamal I'm looking Parks at the bracket right now. Also under underperformed um, at NCAs. So, I mean, you know, who, and then who is th- who's the three? Because Molinero the Valley got the three because he beat Dave. Three, um, he beat Molinero three, yeah. was the two. Uh, Dake four, uh, and Parks five. One. Yeah, yeah. Jason Chamberlain was six. Mario Mason seven. Gambayar Sanja was uh, the eight seed, and he's the one who ended up coming out of that top quadrant and and seeing Dake in the semis. Um, yeah. So yeah, Donnie Vincent yeah, was in that I w- bracket. I wish we could have seen, uh, and Donnie Vincent had beaten Kyle Dake also that year. Yeah, and Vincent lost first round to Cole Schmidt. And th- didn't Donnie Vincent come all the way back that year, though, and take, like, fourth, third? No, not this year. One what, what of the years Donnie Vincent lost first round and then came back and took either the third or fourth. Wow, so Vincent actually went 0-2 barbecue because he dropped down and lost to Justin Gaethje. Wow, jeez. Donnie Vincent. This was yeah, a solid so, I mean, bracket, man. man. I wish we could take a, a, a time warp and go back and see if uh, a healthy Darren Caldwell and a healthy Kyle Dake in mm-hmm. 2011. That that, that would have been a, it. Would have been a fun match because you know Darren Caldwell would have <clears> been throwing all the heat at him, and Dake obviously you know is usually a very controlled style. So it would be interesting to see how it would have played out. Yeah, Caldwell sure. also said if um, he could have celebrated like they do now, he would have made four <laughs> NCAA finals. So. Maybe he wouldn't what? even need to have been healthy. Maybe he could have just known that he could have uh, partied after he won, celebrated a bit, and he would have made. I made guess the they finals. let him celebrate a little more, but they still freaking dock team points like it's going out of style. Yeah, they don't really celebrate. Remember when the Nebraska bench got uh, oh my gosh. high fives after his day weight pinned um, Ethan Smith? That was or absurd. They docked Bo when he slammed his headgear. They docked Bo, yeah, when he, like, he all he did was, him. like, he, like, spiked his headgear into his corner. Like, he literally threw it to his corner. They 
they docked Kyle Snyder when he threw his headgear into the crowd after beating uh, Coon. Yeah. Like, what are we? Are, are you serious right well, now? Well, I think isn't like the actual terms like throwing your headgear in the rule book. Yeah, it is. But what? Are, like, <laughs> what are we doing? Fix the rule book. All right, yeah, TD, get I, out. Fix the rule book. <laughs> I'm I saying agree. it's dumb too. Oh man. Yeah. No, but that whole interview with Darian Caldwell that Christian did was uh, really cool. They got into a, a lot of cool stuff. He also said uh, he part of the motivation for him the first time he wrestled Metcalf was uh, getting a car. That was the time he splatled him and pinned him. He got a car for that from his dad. <laughs> so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So wild. Yeah. And, uh, they just got into a bunch of cool stuff. So I, if you have time, go watch that. Yeah, and somewhat, one of you guys mentioned, I don't know how Darian got brought into this at all, like the match. And I think he just commented on Instagram, like, because we were like, Pletcher's out, who wants in? And he said something on Instagram. And then we were talking, we were like, man, that'd be fire if Caldwell came back. And then so we reached out to him. He was serious, went through all the hoops he needed to go through with like bellator and him and luke agreed upon a, a weight and uh here we are Boom. you know you know those instagram comments can have real life consequences i think some people forget that <laughs> they do uh yeah people are learning that lesson i think daily <laughs> daily i think it's time we put up another yeah. uh spay versus murder hornets post oh gosh those are my favorite oh, comments uh, speaking of, I don't read too many comments, but I read those comments. <laughs> people freaking people hate on Spay. Spay on Instagram just because <laughs> he he likes criteria. Look him. And uh, so they'll um, Joe will just like post when Spay makes criteria memes about how it's better than overtime, and he'll post that on Instagram, and then everyone just dunks on Spay. Yeah, he makes sure you always tag <laughs> Spay. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, another person, Instagram loves Austin DeSanto. We talked. We kind of talked about uh, RBY. Boy, this this is this is funny because Austin DeSanto does not have an Instagram. He doesn't. He doesn't. But Instagram still loves him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of the <clears throat> mystique of Austin DeSanto is that we don't get to see anything about him except on the mat, the antics on the mat. That's it. I does probably add to the mystique of him, huh? I was just telling you guys before the show that, you know, one of the most fascinating things to me uh, is like how to create a star. And it's, it's, I feel like it's almost an impossible recipe. And, you know, it's something I, I study with the UFC. And obviously I was able to parlay my short time into quite a bit of uh, fame. But most people, it's like, you know, UFC can put millions of marketing dollars behind some guys and they just aren't likable or they're, you know, they just don't tune in. People don't tune in to watch them. And so it's like DeSanto. I feel like DeSanto is such an anomaly because no one has put any marketing dollars behind him. He's not even on social media, so he ain't trying. And there's something about him that is just like a freaking magnet. It's bizarre. And it's it's crazy. It didn't it didn't really start till, you know, his his senior year of high school. And He'd... Wait, hold on. Can I can I comment on uh, some idiot uh, on the Facebook comment? They said it's because Flo used to shove him down our throat. He doesn't need IG. Well, guys, let me tell you. Well, you know, here's how here's how it works in the social media world. Flo posts a first picture of Austin Santo at sometimes. There's never not a first picture, right? There is always, in fact, a first picture or first video. Okay. 
Then the reaction to that is nuts, right? For whatever reason, people like it, people comment uh, in numbers, right? The flow's data shows that. So what do you guys think that flow does? Let me guess, Kyle. You post another one. Oh, yeah. people like that a lot? Oh, maybe we'll post another one. Guys, that's how it works. Like, they do a post, and it, and people like it, and so they decide to do another post. Posts that get more interaction, and I do this with my own personal social media. If I talk about a topic, and it gets a lot of interaction, I will generally speak about that topic more. If I talk about something, and nobody cares, I'll generally stop talking about that topic. Guys, I mean, I don't understand why this is so hard for people to figure out. It's like, okay, you post about somebody, and nobody cares. Do you think Flo is going to post about that person again? You nailed it, Ben. <laughs> nailed it. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't, but, but people can't figure this out. It's like, I don't know, it's like it's rocket science, Kyle. It makes me crazy. I know. It makes, it literally makes me crazy. Like, I don't, I don't even know how they can't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I got no answers for you. I've been here. <laughs> I have been here for six years and haven't figured out how people still don't get it yet. Um, but we, yeah, we were talking about the stars. You know, Sebastian Rivera, his his freshman year, he placed the nationals. That's awesome for a freshman to place nationals. He took I think sixth or fifth or sixth, but he wasn't. He was just another guy, you know. And then by Midlands the next year. He beats Spencer Lee, and he has some interviews where he kind of he just says what he's thinking after he beats Ronnie Breslin, yes. CKLV, and after uh, after beating um, Spencer at Midlands, he becomes his household name, and he's a star, and yeah, just takes off like no one could have predicted that. Nobody, and there and there's something. It's like you you always wonder. I mean, because listen, here, here's the flow. If you guys could like, if you had the recipe, you could tell people how to be a star. Yeah. Well, listen, you guys don't want six stars. You want 60 stars. Right. You want 600 stars. You want as many stars as possible because stars get traffic. So does the UFC. So, so does everybody, right? I mean, what if the UFC had 60 Conor McGregor's? They would be one of the most expensive businesses <laughs> on planet Earth. And so, like, it's so funny because, like, you're saying, you know, Sebastian River does that interview, and you guys see the numbers, boom, explode. And, like, it's like, what about the interview made him a star? It's like you can't really. There's no exact formula or science. It just it just happened. There's something organic, and you know may, who knows. Maybe someday we'll get a formula on it. But it, it's you know it's something that I think about a lot. I I would say I kind of study it, and it's so hard to say this is it. This is why it just it's really difficult. Yeah, because I mean David Taylor is a superstar, but because you kind of think of like. What do what do Sebastian Rivera and like Austin DeSanto have in common? Like they're both like emotional and passionate, and in in his inter, in like Rivera in his interviews is like point blank will tell you exactly what he's thinking, and he cusses and stuff like that, and he's got this big personality, and DeSanto yeah. has this big personality on the mat too. But David Taylor is just a point scoring machine. He doesn't really have the big of a personality on the mat. He doesn't really celebrate. He doesn't there's no Spencer Lee. Spencer Lee. Lee. Yeah, exactly. So they're in Right. And both those guys, David Taylor and Spencer Lee, are very respectful in their interviews and they give you good answers. It's just very respectful of their opponents and everything like that. And uh Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just uh it drives me crazy when people uh act like there's an uh, an agenda there and there's just not and people need to understand the business of uh promoting this is what honestly whether it's UFC 
right? Which is again something I've been paying attention to for a decade plus, or or wrestling. That doesn't matter. Um, okay, what we were doing? Questions? Questions with friends or? Uh, hey, so I did get PSAC did um, Let's, yeah, let me cancel fall sports. Unfortunately, I just found a link. So that's um, there's 18 teams um, in Pennsylvania. One Shepherd College in West Virginia, but um, you know that's a whole bunch of wrestling colleges. That's Pitt, Johnstown, Edinburgh, Clarion, etc. Yeah, so it looks like they're going to be in the same position. It says. Uh... Be put on hold till December 31st. Yeah, so they'll be in the same position as the Ivies. You'll kind of be allowed to practice as long as you're following, like, your state and your school's guidelines, but no competitions till then, man. So let me let me ask you this, Kyle, because I don't really know college football, the that world, all, all that well, or really whatsoever. I don't know it at all. Um, you know, I feel as though these three conferences which have done this now the patriot league um the ivs and then another psac uh, they are all conferences uh who maybe don't have big football programs maybe don't make a lot of money off of it or something to that effect um you know do you, do you think that comes into effect because we're not hearing the sec or the big 10 do this type of thing yeah it- I don't know, man. It, it's so hard to tell what's going on. I think the 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 Power Five conferences, like the SEC and the Big Ten, um, they have a lot, a lot of money at stake um, to have football this fall with the TV contracts, where these other conferences, like the Ivy and the PSAC, don't, and they can afford to just move football to the spring. And they're not; those conferences aren't really going to have players that are going to be skipping the season to go play. Or to go try to get drafted, um, so it, I think there's a lot more riding on this happening in the fall for for these bigger conferences. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's disappointing. I feel like we I feel like we have some disappointing news every day. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll just keep putting on uh, pro cards if if they keep uh, not doing stuff in the fall and there's no football to watch. It'll be MMA and then pro wrestling cards. That's, that's right. it. I wouldn't be too mad about that. <laughs> That's really all I watch, anyways. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. We can we can hop into to cues from F's. Um. Uh, da, da, let's see where we want to start at. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So cue those. Cue those for for uh, for Luke. Um. Yeah, yeah. I feel but, like he kind of ducked my question about uh. You know him growing in size, uh, and maybe he said he got a little bit bigger. But you know, I I know myself in college. I I changed size from when I got there to then my freshman year. So you know, I got so much bigger. I mean, I think I was like 173 pounds when I got to college, or 174 pounds, and then by the by the next fall, I was 190. You know, I mean, I just got I filled out. I put on a lot of muscle, and so it's like if I was like trying to start my freshman year, I probably would have been. 60, you know, if, if I, I would wrestle 65, um, but then obviously I got, I got a lot bigger and then 74 was perfect for me. Uh, yeah. And he, remember he went to, he wasn't supposed to wrestle his freshman year. Uh, Keyshawn yes. Hayes got hurt and he just kind of got thrown into line of 41. He was very undersized. So I agree with him that 33 was the best place for him his sophomore year. Um, 
But I think his junior year, he was pulling a lot to get to 33. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he was full size forty one by the by oh, this yeah. year. He was, he was big. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a tank, as Darian said, and that's no lie. Yeah. Um, let's let's start with CJ Kemp. Has Ben ever thought about running for UWW president? Um, I I don't do bureaucratic organizations. Obviously, like I've expressed multiple times, it's one of my goals, uh, one of my life goals to have some type of professional wrestling league. Right. And I, again, you know, I've tried twice. I failed twice. Doesn't mean I'm not going to try again. My wife says one of my best characteristics is my persistence, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be one of the things that I try, I try to keep doing. And so here, here's my vision of it is, um, at some point, a professional wrestling league, which can pay people adequate salaries will overtake the UWW, which is a, a dysfunctional bureaucratic organization. Um, <laughs> Right, so that that's what that's what I see happening. Um, right, uh, you know, maybe like I I think a good model would be you have a few models you could, you could take the UFC that would be a decent model, right? Where they just do cards and they have champions. I think that's a potential thing that wrestling can head towards. Um, I think you could also do something like uh, like uh, say a ten tennis or something like that. Um, like golf, you know, where where tennis or golf, where they have tournaments and they accrue an amount of points, Majors. and that what, like they have yeah, like yeah, exactly, and big tournaments that two points, whatever, yeah. and then at the end you, you crown the points winner, and you you have the maybe that determines seating at the world championships. I, I just think there's a lot of well, ways that's you what can UWW go is it. trying to move in the direction of, yeah, just with the ranking series, yeah, they they don't move very fast still. So yeah, I would uh. <laughs> I will not be the president of UWW, but I, I would love to, you know, it would be one of my life's goals and it is, and I've stated many times to have some type of professional wrestling league happening. And I've, you know, again, I made two attempts. I failed. It's, it's not easy. It's not. And that's why, you know, there's some of these people who are complaining about cards. Like, listen, guys, I, I put on how many wrestling cards have you put on? I put on 11. <laughs> I think we lost money on 11. It is, it is not easy to make money. It is a freaking challenge. And obviously in 2020, maybe it's different than 2012, 2013, 2014 um, in terms of the ability to put on a show, to do production, to get marketing out there. It's different, but it's still not easy. Okay. That, uh, what about you, Bracky? Would you be president of the UWW? No, I don't want to deal with everything that goes into that. <laughs> uh, at McChill Hill, if Dave wrestled Greco instead of freestyle after – he graduated college. Would he have won gold at the Olympics in 2016? Hey, check that. Uh, check that display picture too. Yeah, that's um. Uh, well, display. I'm sorry, I clicked over something. I see you, Ben. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to comment on this one because I don't know. I don't. I never seen Kyle Dake wrestle a Greco match. How do I, I mean? I I would well, guess he's probably pretty good, but. Who knows? He wrestled Did he um, wrestle? Greco in 2014, actually, at Grapple the Garden. He took on... The, he did? The, yep. Because he, he, for some reason, I don't oh, yeah, know I exactly why. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, he... I I don't know. I think he said he just kind of wanted to train Greco for a bit. It would help him with his uh, freestyle. It's. I don't think he stopped his freestyle training, but... 
I remember him being out at the OTC in 2014, working with Len Lin, like specifically for Greco for a little bit. Really? And took on uh, the defending world champ from uh, Armenia. And I think uh, he lost, but I think the score was six to three. Or really? something like that. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I do not remember this happening at all. Do you remember this, Bracky? I do now that he's mentioned it. I don't remember how like the match went and all that stuff, but I do remember the match happening. Hmm. I don't. I mean, yeah, to say to say that the guy I don't would think he would have won a world or an Olympic gold medal. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like to say the guy would have won Olympic gold. It seems like pretty far fetched. I can see him having success in Greco because Kyle Dake's just a winner and he's really good upper body. And I think if he devoted full time training to that, he would be really good at it. Um, and great gut wrench and in gut, gutting in Greco is obviously easier than gutting in freestyle because they can't grab your legs or hook the legs or anything yep, like that. And with forced parterre too, he's going to get a chance on top mm. at some point during the match. Because um, yeah, he's great at controlling space. Yeah, Mike, Mike did this really awesome breakdown on um, Dake's gut wrench. I think we, we ran it yesterday on the site, but uh, like 18 of his points, the last two world championships have been scored on top from a gut wrench, which is really high, especially at the world championships. Um, and there were some quotes in there from Yanni just about how he hits it and uh, is so effective with it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, hey, man. Now so, I'm talking myself. I'm talking myself into the fact that he might have been good at Greco. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's like almost an insult to say he would have won a, an Olympic gold, but so Spade Spade just hit me up. It was <laughs> I don't know, I'm gonna butcher this name, Arsen Jafalakian. Yep, there you go, Jafalakian. He said one gut for Dig, three guts for Jafalakian, all forced parterre points. Yeah, wow. Okay, uh, maybe he could have been really good. Maybe. So there you go. Maybe. That's your answer. Maybe. Um, what do you say, Kyle? Would he be an Olympic champion? I don't. I, it's so hard to say somebody would be an Olympic champion. I just, I would say no. I, I could see him like making a, making our Olympic team, and if he had devoted full time after he finished, finished at Cornell, and not focused on freestyle, yeah, he, I could see him making the Olympic team. But to say he would have won Olympic gold seems kind of crazy. Um, at J Rod, uh, J Rod Lee. Please give your speculation on the Stanford wrestlers that may leave and who may stay. If they leave, where would they fit best? Um, it sounds like the majority, and no one else has gone into the portal since Real Woods. It sounds like the majority yeah. of them are going to stick this year out because uh, there's still a chance. You know, they haven't come out yeah. and said if we raise this much, the program stays alive. But the wrestling world or whatever a lot of times has really been able to rally around dropped programs and raise quite a bit of money so i'm not i am hopeful yeah one of the other things that i i thought about with this and maybe i don't know why people maybe wouldn't enter the portal because of it but you know obviously we are in july so most teams probably have their scholarship money for 2020 2021 locked up already right they don't have a lot floating around there so for a Stanford wrestler to transfer now, they probably would be having to go into a situation where they're almost like a walk-on because there's just not a lot of money available anywhere. Yep. So obviously if they, you know, say declare next year, say right after the NCAA championships, um, they will both have accomplished the fact that more scholarship money will be available. 
and that they've given Stanford, you know, nine months or whatever to try to save the program. So I think, I, you know, I think it probably makes a lot of sense for those guys to stick around for another year. You know, maybe Real Woods is a guy where people will figure out how to make scholarship money available, I uh-huh. guess. Something like that. Yeah, and also to remember uh, with the Kennedy Monday thing, uh, this now allows him to be contacted by other college coaches. So it could be a way of him just like feeling out the market. True. What, yeah. what can I get out there? Because he can always go back to Stanford. Now they can. They can Stanford, I guess, could be pissed at him and say, okay, well, we're taking your money for this year, but I would doubt they would do that yeah. with only yeah. one year left on the program. And because they have all their recruits already locked up, so it's not like they can give money to anybody else at this right. point in time. Or it's <clears> unlikely. It's not, it's not like anyone's probably going to transfer to Stanford knowing they only have one year left. I did see a story on um, Kyle Rowan, who's a pretty solid hammer from Ohio, who signed with Stanford in the 2020 class, and he said he's going to stick with it and go out there this year and just see what happens and, and hope for the best. So um, I think that's wow. what you're going to see out of most guys. It's pretty late in the game. We were talking to kind of try to transfer – um, yeah. Johnny roast beef. If 2020 worlds happen this winter, that doesn't affect the seating slash status of the upcoming Olympic trials, does it? I.e., if Dake went where to win the spot at 74 kilograms of metal, does JB still get to buy the finals of the Olympic trials? Correct. It does not affect the Olympic trials seating. Yeah, which is I, I think it's kind of dumb, but <laughs> yeah, it does not. Um, the Sada Cup Collector. Uh, all ICSP. All ICSP. Phenomenal name. Two, <laughs> two days in a row. How will Flo be creative with new event to add entertainment beyond good matchups? You already vetoed new rules. How about mic'd up coaches? Discretion to add a period of great match, etc. Test innovations. Push Discretion to add a period? That sounds like the worst <laughs> thing ever. Like, these guys are tired of stuff. Oh, let's go one more. Overtime. <laughs> um... Ben, do you remember at the, the who's number one with Fix Suriano? Like, yeah, those guys there. were wrestling for like ten minutes after we were all like saying, like, what do we do? Yeah, I mean, it's like, but then eventually, I mean, those and those guys are minors, and so it's like, shoot, if someone gets hurt and we just made them wrestle for twenty five minutes, like, are, are, is there a liability issue? <laughs> and you know, both their both their parents are like, no, let them go, let them go, and we're like, <laughs> ah, do we, do we let them go, like. When do we end this? This is crazy. No one's gonna get take down. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. That that was that was that was totally wild. That was my like first official event as a flow employee, and I, we we're yeah. just sitting back there, and everyone's just like, I don't know what to do, and like, time just yeah. kept racking up and racking up, racking so up. Crazy. Man, those guys. I mean, they were tired, but like, they weren't exhausted after that. Like, yeah, they 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 went hard. That's crazy. Um. I don't know. I think uh, we're always looking to be creative and, and push the envelope. I think mic'd up coaches could be good, and we've yeah, done that. Be good. We've done that, not live, but you, where you get to hear it afterwards. Um, so it kind of could be cool if they were if they were mic'd up live. I'm not big for like the gimmick matches. Kind of like we've, I know we've talked about that here on FRL before. Like, I'm what, not, do you, what do you mean by that? Like oh, Freco matches, like one period freestyle, one period yeah. Greco. Like I'm like. I'm not a huge fan of like just modifying the rules. Like, da- like David Taylor wanted to at- make the periods longer and like no tech fall. Yeah. Like I, I just yeah. like the real matches. I think it kind of takes away from what it's supposed to be when you mess with it. But maybe around the production standpoint, we can 
we can add some things. Is there anything you see in like other sports, Ben? You'd like to see here? Well, I, I again, you know, I was just trying to think of UFC. Like, um, uh, you know, <laughs> what is uh, you know, you know, on that one, what is uh, we'll get more camera angles. But you, you guys are starting to do that. Replay is a huge one that wrestling didn't used to have, and you guys are starting to do mm-hmm. that. That's a big one. Um, yeah, I can't really think maybe of maybe being else. like UFC. You hear what they're saying in the corner. You know, in between rounds. Yeah, that would be mic'd up coaches. I kind of like that idea. And yeah. You know, he said that. Not um, all coaches want to be mic'd up. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, the UFC doesn't ask you. They say, who's the main coach? We're micing you up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm serious, guys. They don't, they don't ask you. You don't have a choice. Listen, you participate in the event, you get mic'd up. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. They, they, so. they hear uh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I imagine, you know, with with no fans at this event, I'm sure we'll have like music or something playing in the background. But yeah. we're gonna hear a lot more from coaches than we usually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where that'll that'll be very very interesting to hear. You know, I think it's fascinating. One of the things that's been fascinating at the last couple of UFCs, because all of them have been no fans, has been that some of the fighters are taking notes from the commentators, right? And most of the commentators in the UFC are, you know, it's Daniel Cormier or Michael Bisping. Like, they've had a lot of success fighting. And they'll say, so-and-so needs to do such-and-such. And there's been multiple times now where a fighter has commented and said, you know, hey, I heard Daniel say this, but that was a great idea. So <laughs> I, started impl- I started implementing it in my fighting, you know? So I think that's really funny, too. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I wonder who will be the first wrestler to implement uh, a suggestion that Christian Piles or Mark Bader makes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you can. You, I'm, you'll, are you on the? Are you going to be on the mic? You'll probably be on the mic, right? I think I'm like the MC, but um, okay. I, I'm not totally sure. I'm going to show up and I'm going to see what they want me to do, and then I'm going to do that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, Ben. You got big plans this weekend? Uh, yeah, I do. I'm actually traveling with my wife. Uh, you know, so we uh, we had our 10 year anniversary in April, and uh, we didn't get to celebrate because we were locked down. So uh, we're gonna go celebrate. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I get to travel just... two weekends in a row. It's awesome. Go. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, mean, I haven't traveled. I literally haven't traveled since February, which is the longest period in my adult life without traveling. So it's been uh, it's been very strange. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm excited. All right. Well, I think that's, uh, that's about all for today. Um, JD, thank you for stepping up, filling in the past couple of days. Chris Piles will be back tomorrow from San Diego. He's in, he's in route back right now. I saw he, he's taking a page out of my playbook and he's, uh, he's drinking a Coke 621 AM. What's wrong with him? He said the coffee line was too long. Oh my goodness, Christian Pyle. Gross. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, so you'll have to yell at him when he gets back tomorrow. But thank you again right. for tuning in to FRL521. Thank you to Luke Pletcher. He was awesome. Really excited to watch him compete July 25th. Uh, see you tomorrow, folks. Peace.